0: To the 123 show this afternoon with me Karen Ko. I forgot to say earlier, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can send me an email. The email address is kohk at rthk.hk. That's kohk at rthk.hk if you have any questions, comments, uh, maybe a song you'd like to request. As you know, it's Tuesday afternoon, so that means it's Tuesday for us on the 123 show. And our food and drink correspondent, Andrew Dembina has been racking up the air miles. He's been in California. Why country and he caught up with Karen McNeil the Napa Valley based author of the bestseller the wine Bible so Karen shared with Andrew the changes in the styles of wine there she gave some tips on visiting the region and she also made a wine pairing suggestion match it with your mood instead of matching it with your food let's have a listen
1: Hi, I'm Karen McNeil. I'm the author of The Wine Bible, and I'm talking to you from the Culinary Institute of America in the Napa Valley, where I've lived uh, here in the Napa for about 25 years.
2: The Wine Bible is in its second edition. Is that exactly what it says in the title?
1: (laughs) The Wine Bible, you know, it's a very big name, The Wine Bible, but it's actually become the best-selling book Mm. in the United States. About a million copies have been sold, so it's used by people who really want to learn about wine, but it's actually also used by just about every sommelier in the Mm. United States. Great
2: reference tool.
1: It is a great reference tool. Because wine isn't always intuitively obvious, but it's so full of history and culture and Religion and art. I mean, it's really fascinating to read about.
2: Now, Karen, we're in Napa Valley, and for people in Hong Kong who have tried Napa reds, usually it'll be a Cabernet Sauvignon that people might know a bit better. Chardonnay also makes its way to Hong Kong quite a lot. Some of the smaller varietals don't. You just chaired a panel, and we were just hearing from some of the best known producers about the little change that is in the air from these big. Personality uh, of Napa wines, there seems to be something new in the air.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I talk to Napa Valley winemakers a lot, and I'm always watching and listening about how they talk about their wine. And I've noticed in the last couple of years that new words are being used Mm. words like energy, and and tension, and aliveness, Mm. and freshness. And that's a really good sign, I think. And I think it signals a bit of a shift. In where Napa Valley is headed, because you know, in the in the old days, meaning maybe 10 years ago, a lot of uh, Napa Valley Cabernets were were massive wines. You know, mm. they were really enormous. Indeed. So this new direction is maybe more in the direction of beauty and drinkability.
2: Right. Some of the uh, great big old style Cabernet souvenirs might have been a challenge to go with some Asian cuisine, especially Cantonese, which is quite delicate yes. sometimes. Before this interview, I mentioned to you that it'd be interesting to talk about how you feel right now about pairing Napa wines with food generally. But you had an interesting answer.
1: Yes. Well, you know, I think there are two answers. One is the technical answer. Does Cabernet go with scallops? Maybe not. Mm. from a technical flavor standpoint. But then there's an emotional answer. And I always feel as though wine should be paired with mood, never mind food. You know, I mean, we're human, right? And we... We get in the mood for something. We get in the mood for prawns or we're in the mood for pork. Mm. And and at the same time, you, you might be in the mood for a Cabernet or a Sauvignon Blanc. And sometimes, frankly, it matters more to really enjoy what you're in the mood for than a technical pairing of wine and food.
2: Well, that's a very interesting idea. Could you give a couple of examples? of If you're feeling a little down, what's going to pick you up?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, I think uh, there is a concept of comfort foods, right? The idea of something that your mother made you, maybe something that's really textural, often something that's really soft. Um, is very comforting. And I think wines can be like that too. So maybe a really plush red that is really soft or something silky like Pinot Noir. Um, Often comfort wines and comfort foods are very... Textural.
2: And what about the uh, the opposite idea? If you were in extravagant celebratory mood and you wanted something which was going to fit that upbeat energy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the best, most enlivening things about wine is acidity in wine because mm. acidity in wine says, you know, the night is young, it, it's fresh, it's lively. And so the great wines with acidity are, of course, sparkling mm. wines yeah. and champagne, and a certain Sauvignon Blanc, um, certain, certainly, certain great dry rieslings, but things that are sharp and lively really set the night off in a great way. Okay. So one of the things that's very interesting about the Napa Valley today is that on the one hand, um, it's a bit like Bordeaux in this regard. You you have the great classic wines mm. made from Cabernet Sauvignon and. And from the great vineyards, you know, those wines will be spectacular for many, many, many decades to come. But you also have some experiments, and a lot of those experiments are driven by what might happen uh, as a result of climate change. So there are experiments with other types of grape varieties. Mm. Often these are varieties from southern France, southern Portugal, southern Italy, places where they understand what a lot of sun and heat can mean but you know the other thing i suppose is that people don't realize that the napa valley is actually pretty close to the ocean by the way a crow flies right right? just 20 30 miles to the ocean so we are not as hot as inland california so I think we we have a ways to go before Cabernet Sauvignon would ever not to be the dominant grape uh in Napa but it is fun to see um you know uh grapes like Petit Verdot and Malbec and Cabernet Franc, mm. being really planted with with a, a lot more enthusiasm and being blended yeah. with our great grape, which is Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah.
2: So that's to give the blend a different profile to have some influence in that. Will you expect to be seeing some of these newer grapes to the region that are in the blend being produced as varieties in their own single variety wines?
1: Possibly, but you know, when you think to yourself, are you ever in the mood for Napa Valley Petit Verdot. Mm. Probably not, right? Because none of us have tasted enough of right. them. I think they'll always be uh, voices in the choir, but they won't be the solo Napa Valley is a very small region. It's only 30 miles long and one to five miles wide. It's one-sixth the size of Bordeaux, for example. But it's a fun place to visit because there are a lot of very small family wineries. In fact, 95% of the wineries here are family-owned. But because it's a small place, people like to come during the harvest. And it's the harvest right now when we're doing this interview. But really, the best time to Mm. come is in January, February and March. When you can really see the contours of the vineyards you can really see the mountains people have a lot of time to spend with you. You know it's a busy area all year round because of the popularity of the Napa Valley but I always think that there's something special about how all of us who are locals feel in the winter and it's just gorgeous at that time.
2: As a local do you enjoy the interaction with people that you might just come across a visiting Napa Valley?
1: You know, my office is right in St. Helena, right on the main street, and it's quite fun to have lots and lots of visitors from all over the world. Sometimes I have to admit that standing in line in our local bakery, I think, <laughs> hey, wait a minute, you know, can, can there be a locals line? Can I, be, can I be first? But no, it's a great thing. And of course, uh, the Napa Valley is a very welcoming place to visitors from all over the world.
0: And that was Karen McNeil, author of The Wine Bible, an internationally popular go-to reference book. And she was talking to Tuesday food and drink reporter Andrew Dambina in Napa Valley last week about wine trends there and other things as well. And I really like that concept of... uh, Go for what you're in the mood for. So pair your wine with your mood rather than your food. So here's actually a request from Andrew. He wanted this song. He's obviously in the mood for champagne. This is Oasis with Champagne Supernova.